Hi, I'm Lori Denning, and this is my podcast, The 20 Minute Scriptorian, where I explore LDS scripture and doctrine for the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. Like most of you, I'm a typical Latter day Saint, and I've held a variety of callings from gospel doctrine teacher to institute. I've always loved learning and sharing the scriptures of Christ. Recently, I went back to school, and I'm currently a theology student, where I get to learn context, history, ancient languages, and more importantly, how to learn. I thought you might want to share in what I was learning, and the 20-minute scriptorian was born. While I am a believer, these thoughts are my own, and they are not an official representation of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening, and join me on the journey as we explore the scriptures and the path of the disciple of Christ. Welcome back, Scriptorians, and we are headed into Mosiah 7 through 10 in Come Follow Me. We're in the beginning of May. Can you believe it? 2020, in the middle of our COVID-19 pandemic, and today we're going to talk about the wilderness. So welcome back, everybody. I wanted to do a second, yes, you heard it right, a second all about series because we're going to hit some kind of complicated stories and some motifs and I thought it might be helpful to take a step back and look at what's happening on the second half of Mosiah that's going to lay out some of the who what where that's going on but first things first just want to give some love share some love I was interviewed this week on a podcast called the cultural hall so if you're not familiar with the cultural hall please uh, go check it out show them some love give them a like share a review uh, either on, well, wherever you hear Google Play or if you're on um, podcasts for, for your Apple device or whatever, it really helps them out. So go over to the Cultural Hall, check it out. I think I'll be on in a couple of weeks. And it's very different. I talk a lot about uh, going to school at uh, Multnomah, the Evangelical Bible University, um, which I graduated from this week. Hooray! So, And I head off to Gonzaga in two weeks, so we start the master's program at Gonzaga, so school continues. So I go from one extreme evangelical Protestantism to the other extreme Jesuit Catholicism, so we'll see how that goes. But in the meantime, um, go over to the cultural hall, check it out, like, love, leave a review, show them some love, and then (laughs) you can hear the stories. Uh, I haven't heard the playback, so hopefully I don't sound like an imbecile, but there you go. All right, let's take a step back, though. Let's talk about Mosiah and what's going on. So in today's Come Follow Me, we are going to hit a section that's kind of complicated. So in this next section of Mosiah 7 through 10, we're going to do a flashback. And then in the middle of the flashback, there's like a flashback with a flash forward and a flashback within a flashback. Um, You know, we're kind of used to these in Western culture. You see it a lot in movies, right? It's It's a really great way to tell a story. But sometimes when you're reading it and you don't have like the wavy screen or the sound, you know, you don't have something like that that tells you, oh, this is a flashback. It's easy to get lost and the names are strange. You don't have a map. Um, so so I thought I was going to, I'll go through a couple things that might make it easy. So that's what we're going to do today. So we'll do that. And then the second half, I want to talk to you about some of the motifs that you're going to see that are very scriptural and you're going to see over and over and over again in the scriptures. And one of the reasons I think mormon puts this in here is is to show us these uh, same kind of likenings or these motifs that that are the same in our lives so so first we're going to do the mappy map part and then we'll go on to that and then next time 
we'll try to get into some more of the stories of what's going on. There are some great maps out there. So if you want to Google it and do Mosiah or people of Limhi or anything like that, you'll see some great maps. Now, they're obviously not real maps. We don't know what this is. You'll hear people say, oh, it's North America. It was in Central America. Nobody knows. But it will at least show you relatives to each other. So this was in the south. This was in the north. This was outside of the city so it's really helpful so if you're studying it to grab one of those there's one i love they someone has redone it with the lord of the rings map of middle earth and so that's the one i prefer to use Mm -hmm. pretty geeky so there you go all right again let's talk about something why is this important to get this down i mean why you're like Lori? why do i even care what the map is i can just kind of follow the story and i can see the uh, verses about Christ and, and the atonement. That's what care, uh, matters. But but one, there's plot. There's a lot going on, and I think it's important to really follow what's going on. Um, so that's helpful, number one, the plot. The second one, though, is this, this one I alluded to a second ago, is the second half that we'll talk about is the parallels. You'll see all these uh, scriptural motifs. And so we're going to see these motifs of deliverance and straying and the 12 tribes and the, just how the Lord uses even our sinfulness for for good. And so uh, we'll get into that in a second, but there's some motifs and parallels for us. All right, let's jump over to our map. So in this section, King Mosiah, there's, if you think about it, there's going to be a couple of cities. So Zarahemla, which we know, and Zarahemla is where we are finding ourselves now. Um, There are some interesting parallels in Hebrew. I've heard this is a bit of a stretch, but it's still cool. Um, but Zerah in Hebrew, this is true, this part is definitely true, means seed, like offspring. So the offspring are the children, the seed. Um, and the Hemla is like compassion or pity. So the, uh, the offspring of compassion or the seed or the generation of compassion, something like that would be the name. Maybe, maybe, but it's cool. So, um, so in Zerahemla, Mosiah the first is the king. And then remember, up there, it's going to go, there are like three kings, and you know these because we keep talking about them, but it's Mosiah, and then his son, Benjamin, and then Benjamin has a son, and he names him Mosiah. So up in Zarahemla, it's like a sandwich with the two pieces of bread being Mosiah, and then the sandwich meat is Benjamin. So Zarahemla is like a Benjamin sandwich. Okay, so you're going to go Mosiah, Benjamin, Mosiah. So that's up in Zarahemla. Now... Um, there is a story of some of these guys that want to leave and they want to go back to their old place where they used to live, which you remember is called Lehi Nephi. There's a, the land around about and there's an old city, Lehi Nephi. And that's where Nephi and his descendants lived for a long time. And so in the very, very beginning, remember they land in the new, in the promised land, um, with Lehi and Nephi and Laman and Lemuel and Jacob and all their their wives and family and then uh, Nephi is warned to flee and so they leave and they start the land of Lehi Nephi and then not too long a while but the Lamanites uh, take over and so they've had to flee so for a long time the story took place in this land of Lehi Nephi and so it was kind of their inheritance this was the place they grew up and now They've been pushed out even again, and so we're finding ourselves in Zarahemla, and you remember that story. But there's a guy, Zenef or Zenef, who knows, um, but Zenef, and he makes a treaty. He says, I'm going to go back 
down there and I want to live in that place that was our old inheritance. I, I'm going to take people back. And, and in the story, Mormons like, uh, or, uh, one of the guys says, you know, it was my brother that went with them and the leader was kind of a jerk. I paraphrase, but they go, Zenith and they go down there, they make a treaty. So you're going to find about that in Mosiah nine, six through nine. Okay. So then Zenith, I'm going to call him Zenith, but Zenith goes down and he does that and he, uh, they make a treaty and you think he's going to go down there and he's going to say, Hey, Lamanite King, I want to make this city back in Lehi Nephi. And he, you know, surprising, I just, spoiler alert, the Lamanite King goes, yeah, okay. Yeah. You can have the land back. Go rebuild the city. And you should be thinking, why? Why would the Lamanite king say, please go to my lands and rebuild a city? And you should be, because it was a terrible idea. It's a trap. Come on, Zenith. You should have seen right through that. But obviously it was ruined or it wasn't well structured. But he says, I'll have my people leave, probably not a lot of them, and you can go rebuild it. And so they do. So again, in Mosiah 9, 6 through 9, tells that story of going down there. So the story is going to now take place. We're going to leave Zarahemla and we're going into these Lamanite lands and the land of Lehi Nephi. Okay. Then the Lamanites decide to, uh, they're like, that's it. The trap, they spring the trap. And in Mosiah 9 and, and 10, um, that kind of goes through about verse 22 of chapter 10 of Mosiah. They tell the story of the Lamanites attempting to conquer Zenith and his people. And they try two times. So they, they, <laughs> They have known for a while, but they obviously built up their fortifications. And so they're like, you know, they're getting pretty strong. They're getting full of themselves on this one. But but Zenith and his people uh, repel the Lamanite attack. Okay. Then Zenith dies and his son reigns. Now, do you remember who Zenith's son is? Dun, dun, dun. King Noah. Yep. That Noah. The Noah with Abinadi. And so this is... We should start to go, uh-oh. Now, they're starting to do pretty well. They have conquered their enemies. They're back in their ancestral homeland. They have a fair amount of wealth. Um, there's power and wealth there. And so they're going to get their little pride. And so we should be reading into this. So in Mosiah 11, we learn, uh, chapter, chapter 11, verse 1, we learn that Zenith dies. And then this uh, King Noah. And you should, if you had... Uh, music playing, it would kind of be, uh-oh, ominous, you know, something bad is going to happen. Now, how does Noah do? Very poorly. So in Mosiah 11 through 17, you're going to hear about this story right in there about Abinadi and Noah, and, and that's where we, he, Abinadi preaches and is eventually burned to death. So, sorry, Abinadi. Now, during that time, obviously, remember the story that there's one other little group that's going to break away. So there was a special somebody that was listening. He was one of the priests of Noah. And yet he he said, no, I believe this man, Abinadi. And he breaks off. Do you remember who that priest was? Alma. So this is Alma Sr. So Alma Sr. flees out of the uh, confines of Le Lehi Nephi, flees out and flees to the the waters of Mormon. And so he gathered, he preaches there, and that's where the, we have the baptism is there. So that's Mosiah 17th and 18th. So now you've got Zarahemla. We've left that. We're going to come back to it, but we've left that. Then we're down the Lamanite lands, and we're in Lehi-Nephi, and then they leave Lehi-Nephi, and there's another little group over outside in the waters of Mormon. Okay, still following? Okay, get your maps out. Now, 
Lamanites attack. The Lamanites attack the city of Lehi-Nephi, just as we expected. Remember, they tried twice before in the times of Zenith, and now in the time of Noah, they get them. And Noah is, spoiler alert, burned to death, just as uh, Abednego is going to prophesy. Then his son, do you remember? So it was Zenith, and then Noah, and then Noah has a son, Limhi. And so Limhi reigns as a, a monarch, but under the power of the Lamanites. And so it's it's a terrible place. There's there's a lot of burden and taxes and they're virtual uh, serfs and slaves. And so it's not a great environment. They have been enslaved by the Lamanites. So the trap was finally successful and here they've built this great civilization and now they are paying, tri- you know, become slaves and tributes to the Lamanites. Sneaky, sneaky. Why would they go down there? This is so dumb. You could have just seen it coming, but they didn't see it. So um, uh, Limhi reigns on there. It's in Mosiah 19. All right, keep going. You're following. This is getting exciting. Now, Alma's people back out there at the waters of Mormon. What, uh, Alma's people establish the, the city. There's, they make a little city too. So they're not just living in tents or anything anymore. They build a city. And you remember, it's the city of Helam. And, and so that's way kind of over there. Now, it, this same story keeps you flashback to this, the people of Lehi. Uh, Nephi, and when when it was sacked and Noah was killed, the wicked priests also fled, and that's the terrible story of them saying, well, if we're going to be out here, we want wives, and so they go and abduct some of the daughters of the Lamanites, so a terrible, terrible uh, act. They go and and uh, kidnap and, and take these uh, girls as their wives, and that is Mosiah 23, also in Mosiah 20. I hear a little bit about that. And so now you've got all these little groups. So you've got Zarahemla. We're not back there, but remember, very beginning. You've got in the Lamanite lands, you have Lehi, Nephi, and Limhi's ruling there under the pressure of the Lamanites, the Lamanite kings. Alma's gone out towards the waters of Mormon, and he's established a city called Helam. And then just out in the wilderness are the wicked priests who are kidnapping Lamanite gals. So, okay, got all got everybody so far? Got it. All right. Um, where were we? Oh, okay. Um, the wicked priests, um, we hear about them fleeing and the Lamanites coming. You're going to hear about those stories, but also, um, Limhi is going to say, you know, we're, we're trapped here, um, under this Lamanite oppression of being these tributary towns. So, we're going to send some, some guys out and see if they can find Zarahemla to come and rescue us so we can go back. Now, obviously, they never l- lived there. This has been a number of generations, and they don't know where Zarahemla is, and so they try to find it. Now, when these uh, adventurers go to try to find Zarahemla, what do they find? The land of desolation. They shoot past Zarahemla, and they move on to the Jaredite ruins, and they find the ruins of the Jaredite nation. So, wow, we just add another city to this mix. Um, now, we're going to remember when they find the Jaredite ruins, they are going to, uh, we're going to come back and hear about them a little bit more with the plates that they find and interpreters. So keep that in mind. Pencil that one in. That one's going to be important. I'm just looking at my notes here. All right. So back to Zarahemla. So all this has taken place for the most part not in Zarahemla, and then we jump back to Zarahemla, and remember it was Messiah the first, and then Benjamin, 
now we're Mosiah, the other piece of bread uh, in our Benjamin sandwich, and then Mosiah the second. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to send a group out to see whatever happened to Zenith's people. Like, remember those guys? And they had family members and stuff. And they said, has anybody heard from them? We'd love to know what happened with them, of those loved ones that we had a few generations ago. And so Mosiah the second sends out Ammon, Ammon, and a group of uh, men to find out what happened to Zenith. And they find him. And this is, uh, the timeline's funny because this is way back in Mosiah 7 and 8. But they find the city. Ammon helps King Limhi and his people escape. And so you're going to see that coming up. You're going to go back to Mosiah 22. And they help the people escape Lehi Nephi. And they return to the land of Zarahemla. Now, back to those wicked priests. Remember, they were living out in the wilderness. So he said, what about those guys? Well, the Lamanites are going to go find their daughters. And so they find those wicked priests. And while they're out finding, they also find, who else? Alma, the good guys. And they find Alma and Alma's people, and they put them into bondage. Thanks a lot, wicked priests. So now Alma's under bondage. So you're going to see that at uh, Mosiah 22, 23. And then another story of escape and miraculous escape. Alma's people escape the bondage and they find their way back to Zarahemla. All right. All right. So did you follow all that? That was a lot of different people that had left. They left Zarahemla and then what happened down in Lehi-Nephi and then what happens in Helam and then how Alma and all these people get back to Zarahemla. And in the meantime, they stir up the Lamanites. You hear about these wicked priests. You also hear about the land of desolation and the Jaredite nation. So a lot of history going on in this. And again, it's going to flip back and forth. So kind of helpful if you get one of the maps. But what else is there? Now, I promised you that would be the first part. But what about this second part? What are we going to learn from the second part? Well, there is a scriptural motif that you're going to see over and over again. Um, you've probably heard that term a motif. It's like a pattern, right? Um, and, and they happen a lot in scripture. So one of this one is a big one. You should say there is a motif here that I have seen over and over again, and that is the motif of deliverance or being out in the wilderness. So in those motifs, you're going to see different stories. I want you to think about a story where, um, someone has a, a people or a person has delivered, they've strayed, they've gone out into the wilderness and yet somehow God will deliver them and, and save the people. And sometimes it's a person and sometimes it's a whole people group. But he's also going to use whatever happened. He, he's not going to let it foil his plans. The Lord isn't going to let it foil his plans. He's still going to use it for people's good. He's still going to bless the nations with it. And so think of the, uh, besides the one we just went through was complicated. Can you think of any others that talk uh, another story in scripture about where God is going to deliver us from slavery or from servitude or from oppression. Um, yeah. So, and, and it could be political or it could be personal. So I thought of a few. And so first let's think of this from the Israelites to the Nephites. It happens over and over again. The first one I was thinking of was Pharaoh and Moses, right? That, well, I guess you could go right back to the garden of Eden and, and then they're, they're kicked out into the lone and dreary world and then the whole mission of the fall uh, and the atonement is to bring us back into God's presence. Huh, that's interesting. Next one I could think of was Pharaoh. So the Moses and the Exodus story. Remember, the Israelites are there in uh, 
Egypt and then they're oppressed and slaves and then God sends a prophet to save them and take them into uh, the promised land. Or another one, uh, Jews in Jerusalem versus the Assyrians. So when the northern kingdom had fallen uh, to the Assyrians, when Israel had fallen in Ephraim, there were still Jews in Jerusalem and they hadn't, but the Assyrians come down on them and they actually are saved by the intercession of the Lord and the whole army um, is destroyed uh, and flees, actually. Or the story right before, uh, right around that same time when the Lehites leave Jerusalem. So they're going to leave and they are saved by leaving. And uh, how about some of this today's story, right? A lot of people who have left Zarahemla, they go down in Lehi, Nephi, they then they're out in the waters of Mormon and they're just saving them from the land or out in the wilderness that they're in. So there are, there are more. Um, there have been a few times in more modern church history where the church is oppressed by its neighbors, could be in Missouri, could be in Illinois, and then they flee to a new promised land, perhaps in the West. Um, and so you'll just see this pattern <laughs> over and over again. You're like, oh, and so think right now, you're probably thinking of a couple more. Can you think of any more? Yeah, uh, Abraham fleeing from Mesopotamia, Ur, and he flees, and he goes on. Uh, even just, we were talking about Nephi, and Nephi flees when they first land. I mentioned it earlier, and then he flees to the land of, of uh, Lehi-Nephi, and then so he's protected. Um, how about the Savior, when after he's born, he flees, and they live in Egypt as a toddler, as he is uh, oppressed by an evil king, Herod. So you're like, wow, they just keep going on and on and on. And so there's this theme over and over again of deliverance in the, from the wilderness. Now, there are some examples as well of personal salvation. So where it's just a single person rather than a people group. So a couple, a couple of them I thought of was uh, the prophet Daniel. So in the same uh, Assyrian occupation and then the Babylonian occupation, remember, um, Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, were taken into, and then they, they grow up there, and they live in oppression, and so you see his story. The prophet Ezekiel also grows up. He's taken as a priest and uh, goes to Babylon, and, and there he has his story about how to live there. Jeremiah has the exact same, a very not exact same story, but a similar story of living in exile and what it means to be in exile and then way back way back before then Rahab uh in Jericho when the uh, Joshua in the book of Joshua right she is living in Jericho and she uh is saved by by the Lord because of her uh believing in him so some personal examples as well as some people group examples so um I think the story is trying to tell us something it's trying to say there's a parallel here. There are motifs, parallels, patterns, likenings uh, of the scriptures. So can you see them? As you read these stories, what parallels are there? What parallel does it teach you? I was listening to someone else's uh, teachings, which are great, uh, and he was talking about don't leave Zarahemla was his takeaway. Like, don't leave Zarahemla. And it reminded me of uh, M. Russell Ballard's conference talk a few years ago, Stay in the Boat right? Stay in the boat and hold on was his. There was a, another stay in the boat, but stay in the boat and hold on. So as you read these stories, what other stories? And then ask yourself, why did Mormon pick these stories? Why did he even tell you all of that back and forth in the travel? And then who are you in the story? 
Are Where do you live? Are you in Zarahemla? Are you living in Lehi Nephi? Are you on your own like Ezekiel or Daniel um, in a in kind of a bad place? Or are you the person that said, I'm going to go live on my own. I'm going to, I'm the prodigal son. I'm going to go do it on my own. Yeah, the answers were probably all of those people. And the Lord's going to save us not only from our own sin and the effects of the fall through the atonement and the redeemer, but he's also going to save saying, I'm going to promise to save you. Um, maybe more like politically or as a people group, he's made that. So are you Noah? Are you the Lamanites or the Jerites? Are you Ammon? Uh, these stories are going to come up over and over. One thing that I want to point out that we can't foil the Lord's plan. So I love the story of the 12 tribes, how the 12 tribes are dispersed by Assyria and Babylon and, and all of those tribes. And yet the Lord is going to use that um, to bless all the nations that we now have the 12 tribes throughout the world. And then as the tribes are gathered, they'll come from the four corners. So I love that the Lord's going to say, you can't, you can't blow his plan. You can stay in his boat or choose to not be on the boat, but you can't mess up his plan. So you can always get back in the boat. So I think that's what these stories are. Alma, the you know, the priest who becomes this leader of the people, he gets back in the boat. I think we can always do that. We can always come back to the Lord. All right, everybody, that's your who, what, where. So we've gone through a little bit of the map. Check out the maps online if that helps you. And if not, let's go through and say what motifs are there in this travel, wilderness, and deliverance. What other stories can you see? What parallels in your own life do you think these stories are telling you? All right, that's it. We'll talk to you next time. Keep on reading, Scriptorians.